Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbak wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbak ya arhamar rahimin. Ya Allah, we ask you for your love, Ya Allah. We ask you for the love of those actions that will gain your love, Ya Allah. And we ask you for the love of those people that you love, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to resurrect us among those people who you love as well, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. O Allah, make this a gathering by which we increase our ma'rifah or understanding of you and, an, and a gathering by which we prepare better for that day uh, we meet you, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Alhamdulillah. Uh, this is our ninth session of the journey series. And um, we're studying um, our journey, our journey back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, the, the quintessential question that everyone has, and the beautiful thing about our deen is that our deen teaches us about that journey, where we're going. And Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, before I start, I just want to preface this with this one hadith. In Bukhari, Aisha radiallahu anha, she says that the very first thing that was revealed was the surahs that talked about heaven and hell, the surahs that talked about the akhirah, the things that are coming after. And she says, and this is very powerful, because it, it tells us where we get it wrong in our communities. She says, if the very first thing to be revealed was don't commit zina, fornicate, or don't drink alcohol, this is what she says, this is in Bukhari, she says, then the people would have said, we will never give up zina, we'll never give up alcohol. She says, but the way Allah taught us is that the first thing that happened was the small surahs as we call them, they're not small at all, they're heavy. The small surahs were revealed, fiha wal jannah, that talked about the hereafter, and then when our hearts were firm, they were soft, that's when the halal and haram came. And so th that's the purpose of this, this, this class that we're doing. We're studying this journey because when we have these realities before us, our whole life is different. I'm telling you, it's completely different. Umar, Umar was like living a life off the hook. And he used to say, If it wasn't for Qiyamah, you would see me in a different way. And I think a lot of us in this room knows what that means. If it wasn't for the fear of Allah, if it wasn't for the day of judgment, we would be completely different in our, in our way that we live. And so we're studying now, we're in our ninth session. And what did we cover last week? So just a quick recap. In our last session, we covered, okay, standing, everyone is standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Millions and millions and millions of people from the first of humanity to the last of humanity is resurrected and brought before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then as everyone is standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everyone is going through different things based on their actions. Depending on how you lived is how that time is going to be for you on the day of judgment. But nothing has happened. Everyone is just standing and waiting. Sure, some people are living plush. Some people got dripped. Some people look amazing. Some people's face are shining. Why? Because of what they did in the dunya. Then finally, when everyone is tired and tired of standing, by the way, subhanAllah, the Quran and the hadith tell us Yawm al-Qiyamah is over 50,000 years. This time that we're living is a blip of our existence. This 60 years you got, yo, you ain't even got that left, Habibi, right? You ain't even got that. But this 60 years we have is a blip of our existence. Quick, short, short time. So the Prophet them said, finally everyone will come to each Prophet. Oh, please go to Allah so that we can begin the Day of Judgment. Go to Allah, go to Allah. Finally, Qiyamah will begin, meaning Hisab. What does Hisab mean? Hisab means that each and every one of us in this room will be called one by one before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the, and, and the narrations that we said, I'm just recapping so we're all at the same place. The narration said that as each person's name is, is called, the, the caller will call out, because it's called Yawm tanad It's the day of calling out. So the caller will call out, Ya Fulan, Ibn Fulan, O Mikael, son of Michael, O Abdullah, son of Muhammad. And even though we have similar names, the Prophet said, you'll know exactly who they're calling. And at that moment, the angels come and they escort you. They escort you all the way front towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now all of the rows part. Part. Why? Because it's your turn to be on the scene and everyone is looking at you. And then the general. Now this is where we talked about the general. The general, 
hisab, the general rule is that this is public accounting. This is public before everyone. As the scholars say, Tu'radul Hayat, Sa'atan, Sa'atan. Your life will be played moment by moment in front of everyone. Moment by moment. As we're standing there, we read hadith that talked about Allah calling certain people forward and giving them different treatment. At that moment, when we're standing before Allah, is the moment when our books are given to us. Our books are given to us. When the book is given to us, now it's just about, do you affirm what's inside this book right now? Do you affirm what's there? Now we said some people will say, yes, everything is there, it's true. Every moment of my life that I see there is true. But the Prophet said there'll be some people that think they're slick a little bit on that day. They'll say, no, no, no. Who wrote this down? I don't know who wrote this. I object to what's in this book. Bring a witness. Bring somebody. And then the Prophet said, the Quran tells us actually what? That Allah will say, okay, I figured this will happen. This person's mouth will be shut. Like there's no opening at all. No opening. The mouth is sealed completely. And all of a sudden, this person's limbs will begin to talk. This person's limb will begin to talk. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran that after this person is allowed to speak again, the person will begin to argue with his body. Why are you bearing witness against me? And the body will say that Allah has given me the ability to speak. So now I'm speaking. I can only speak truth. That's it. And so everything is testified there right in that moment. In that moment, whatever witnessed a good deed, whatever earth witnessed a good deed, you, you prayed somewhere, right? And, and that earth is a witness for you at that moment. People saw you. They're a witness for you at that moment. Whatever was present there will be a witness in that moment. And so now at this moment, everyone is given their book. And last week, this is what we covered, the next stage. The very next stage is now you got your book. You either got it in your right hand and you're happy, you're shining, you were given clothes, you were given a crown. You know, better than that Bass Pro hat. There ain't nothing, right? Like a real, real, real hat. Something that's nice, right? And now where do you go? You're headed towards the Mizan. Now this is the heavy part we talked about last week. I won't go too deep into it, but I think it's important for all of us to just recollect. This person has just been given their book in their right hand. Inshallah, this is us. The person has their book in the right hand, right? Now as they have the book in the right hand, they have to go now and weigh the deeds. Imam Qurtubi rahimahullah ta'ala he explains, he says, Once hisab is over, once the reckoning is over, that is everything in this book the way it's supposed to be, once that's over, the next thing is to weigh the actions. Why? Because weighing the actions is for the reward. So the weighing of the actions happens after we stand before Allah and we look at each deed that's there. What happens next? You're on your way. You're on your way where? To the Mizan. The Hadith tell us, the Quran tells us that this is a real Mizan, this is a real scale. The Prophet in the Hadith says there's two sides of this scale. Envision this, focus on this, see it inside your heart. Because the more you see it within you, the more real that is for you. The Prophet said it is a scale like you're used to in this world. But it's different because the right side is a scale, the plate of which is made out of light, pure light. The, the scale that you put the things in, it's made out of pure light. And the other side is made out of pure darkness, pure darkness. And the person has to walk now towards that scale. And the angels are standing by that scale. And everyone is now still watching you. It hasn't changed yet. It's still you. But before you get to the scale, and this is what we covered last week, before you get to that scale, the angels stop you. They say, hold up. You can't weigh your deeds until we make sure there's nobody in this crowd that you did any wrong against. So an announcement is made. Is there anyone that has a problem with this individual that wasn't settled? Is there anyone that has a problem, something they didn't pay back, something they did wrong, some way they harmed him? And this is where the Quran tells us, a person will run away from their brother. Another Quran verse says, 
The Quran says that a person will bite their bite their knuckle. Ah, oh, why was that? Why was that my boy, man? Why did I hang with such and such? Why was that my friend? Because now each friend, just like when people, you know, y'all don't. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> be snitching on people in the dunya. You think they ain't gonna snitch on akhirah? <laughs> ain't they gonna snitch then? Ya Allah, it's his fault. He's the one that set me up. He's the one that did whatever. And the person will say, I wish I didn't even know that person. I wish there was a separation just as far as east from west from that person. Now that person is coming on, coming on the day of judgment saying, Ya Allah, he's the reason why. And throughout the Quran, we have these scenes where the ones who were the leaders are arguing and the ones who were followers are arguing against them. Ya Allah, it's their fault. And they're like, who told you to follow us? I didn't tell you to follow my Instagram page. I didn't tell you to follow me, be like me, try to dress like me, watch my YouTube videos on what I do in the morning time. I didn't tell you to do that. You did it yourself. That's up to you. You chose that. The Quran is filled, replete with examples when these people will argue with one another. So what's happening now? SubhanAllah, we went over it last week. You're standing there. The announcement is made. Is there anyone that this person did wrong to them? And slowly but surely, people start lining up. Slowly but surely, people start lining up. Imam Muhasibi, he said, just imagine one person is grabbing your hand. This person is holding on to you too. This person, each one of them saying, Ya Allah, my turn, my turn, my turn. One by one, each situation will be looked at. And whoever was right or wrong, that's the way it goes. There was a person, I shared this last week, I just want to set the stage for what we're reading tonight. The Prophet ﷺ, a man came up to him. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, I, I have a slave. It was the time of slavery. So that was a the norm then. He's like, there's this slave that works for me. He curses at me. He cheats me. He robs me. Da, 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 da. And sometimes I discipline him. What will be my state on the Yawm Al-Qiyamah? The Prophet ﷺ said, at this moment on the day of judgment, Y'all two will stand next to each other and every wrong he did to you and every wrong you did to him will be looked at each other. And whoever is plus on that day will be safe. Right on the spot, the man say, he's free. I'm done. I don't need that relationship. I don't need that responsibility. on Yom I'm a bro, you're free for the sake of Allah. You're free. Go ahead. So each situation that we went through. Now, all of these people are done. And, and, and the Prophet said, look, you just got your book in the right hand. Al-Muflis, you got all these deeds. Now you're going to weigh them. You're happy. You're like, yo, I'm almost there. Jannah's right down to like, yo, it's over. I see it shining over there. We almost there. But now, one by one, each good deed is taken away, taken away, taken away, taken away. Why? Because you backbit this person. You hurt this person. You did this. You did that. Until you have no more left. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, but the line is still long. The angels say, Ya Allah, what do we do? Allah says, well, if he has no more good deeds, the best thing we could do is trade bad deeds. Give that person some of his bad deeds now. And now here you have all these bad deeds that you never even thought you did, never even would think about doing. Now somebody's getting rid of it. Yo, that's on your tab now. Now that's what we covered last week. And my advice to everyone in the gathering last week was forgive people, man. Forgive people. You don't want to be the one holding someone up on Yom Al-Qiyamah. That don't mean you got to text them and tell them I forgive you. They might start tripping and wilding out. But at least in your heart, you need to forgive people. In your heart, you need to forgive people. So that that's clean on the day of judgment. And then what about people I'll never see again? What do I do? I never saw, I'll never see that person. I, I did wrong to somebody. I, we were in Kroger. I saw somebody and I was with my friend and I was just like, yo, look at, whatever. Astaghfirullah. If low-key, y'all, one time Aisha... She was talking to the Prophet and they were talking about someone and she's like, oh, the short one? And the Prophet's like, oh, no, no, uh-uh. The short one? No. She just made a gesture like, and the Prophet was like, no, uh-uh. That's ghiba, stop, stop. How are you going to pay that back on the day of judgment? So now that line is done. The Prophet said some people will lose everything that they had, everything, nothing left because of these people that are in front of them now. Now we move on, that's what we covered last week. That's what we covered last week. Now, finally, you got forgiveness in this world from people. You called everybody up. Yo, I'm going for Umrah, you forgive me? 
that's the best time, by the way. You know what I mean? Ramadan, hit them up. Yo, Ramadan's starting. Forgive me. Do it quick. Don't sleep on it. Now, what happens next? Now we move forward to the Mizan. Finally, we get to the Mizan. The Prophet or the scholars, they explain that there's basically three ways you can look at it. Number one are those who don't even believe in Allah at all. Yes, their deeds will be weighed. What will happen? All of their good deeds that they did. Not Muslims do good deeds. A lot of them. All of those good deeds will be placed on the side of light. They'll be placed there. And it will look heavy. But then on the side of darkness, disbelief in, disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be placed in the other side. Disbelief in Allah will be placed in the other side. And the disbelief will outweigh every good that was done. Then the prophet, then the scholars, they say the next are the people of taqwa. These are the people that stayed away from every type of fawahish, every type of kabira, every type of big indecency. You know, they had small slip-ups, as the Quran says. They had small slip-ups, but the big deeds, they're like, nah, astaghfirullah. They stayed away from those. The scholars, they say all of their righteous deeds will be placed in the side of the scale that's filled with light. And then all of their, their, their bad small deeds will be wiped away due to their having stayed away from the major sins. So now their scale is heavy. What happens? All of a sudden, the needle on that scale tips to the side. Tips to the side of this person is man mawazina. Now the Quran, this is where it's deep. This is where it gets deep, y'all. This is why you can't judge anyone. We said this before, but it must be reiterated. The deeds are not counted on Yom Al-Qiyamah. The number of verses are not counted. The number of prayers are not counted. The amount of sadaqah is not counted. And the reason why it's not counted is because right now, it's about qualitative value. And so that's why they're weighed. That's why your books are weighed. And how do you make your deeds heavy? Only one thing, sincerity. No ulterior motive, no other reason. You're only doing it, why? In your brain, you're thinking when you give that charity, when you help your mother, when you help your father, when you do something for, for wifey, you helping out wifey, right? And you're not like, yo, I'm gonna use this later when you know I need something. No, you, in your brain, you're like, I wanna see this on the day of judgment, that's it. It's my only reason. The Prophet him, he said, listen, I don't care, this is crazy, he said, it doesn't matter how much sadaqah you give. He said that people will come towards the end of this ummah, they will give a mountain of uhud in sadaqah, but it won't be worth a handful of dates that one of my sahaba gave. Stop focusing on doing a lot. Just work on your intention and what you do. It's quality, man. It's quality that just in your heart focus, I'm only doing this for Allah, and I don't care who, whatever benefit I get from the dunya, I'm only doing it to see it on that scale on the day of judgment. And that's it. And so the hadith, I want to read the hadith that, uh, about this, this thing. The second person, the third person, the third group of people that are weighing their deeds are makhlut al-amal salih wal sayyat, those who have both good and bad deeds. Those who have both good and bad deeds. I want to I read this hadith. Um, and then I'm going to go over some of the deeds that have the heaviest weight in the scale. There's a hadith which is well known. It's in almost all of the books of hadith. Tirmidhi for sure. It's called hadithul bitaqa. What's a bitaqa? What's a bitaqa? A card. This is called hadith, the card hadith. Don't forget this hadith. This hadith is called hadithul bitaqa. I'm going to read this hadith to you. Abdullah bin Amr bin As, he says that the Prophet Sallallahu he said, Inna allaha sayakhlusu rajulan min ummati. He says that on the day of judgment, Allah will bring forward one person from this ummah. So that's somebody in this ummah. Ala ru'usil khala'iq, in front of everybody, every single person. Ala ru'us, like standing above, like so we're all watching that person. Ninety-nine scrolls of bad deeds will be opened in front of everyone. So just picture this. This person is standing there. Perhaps not may Allah, perhaps this is one of us. Who knows? Standing in front, 
and Allah opens up one scroll. This is a scroll of bad deeds. It's just unrolling in front, laid out. 99 scrolls. This is Yom Al Qiyamah. See this in your heart. The Prophet said that each scroll will, will roll out as far as this person's eyes can see. Is there anything in these scrolls that you say you didn't do? And the person, and, he, and further, Allah says, have my hafidun, uh, have my angels did dhulm to you? Did they oppress you, my angels? This person is like, why am I going to argue? He goes, la, la ya rab. No, 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 I don't argue. This is all true. Allah says, do you have any excuse? Is there any excuse you could present for these deeds? He goes, no, I have no excuse for this. That's the thing we need to be real. Listen, we all sin. But the best of us who sin are the ones who don't make excuses for it. It's okay to sin. What's wrong is that you excuse it and then I'm good. No, I'm all right. No. Just be real with yourself every night. Yeah, Mikael, there's no reason for you to do this. What is wrong with you? Why? Because once you do that, the next thing you're going to do is say, Astaghfirullah, ya Allah, I don't have an excuse. Forgive me. Let's man up. Let's, you know, queen up. <laughs> Let's be real about what we've done. That's serious how we, how we get to this stage where we do Tawbah before we even meet Allah. I just came up with that real quick, all right? <laughs> All right, let's keep going. This hadith is heavy. Hadith is heavy. So this, this person, Allah says, do you have any excuse? فَقَالَ يَحْيَا لَا يَرَبْ فَيَقُولُ بَلْ إِنَّ لَكَ عِنْدَنَا حَسَنَةً The hadith says this person is going towards the scales and this person now has to weigh their deeds. You have the book, now go, weigh your deeds. And, and, and the person is asked by Allah, do you have any other good deeds to weigh? He gets to the scales. The angels say, put your bad deeds on. The person's bad deeds are weighed. Do you have any good deeds? And this person's like, I'm out. I have nothing. I'm done. And at that point, the narration says, he looks back at Allah. And Allah says, but no, you have one deed that still remains. And this person's like, what? What is it? He comes back to Allah from the scales. Listen to this. Today, no injustice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have an angel give this person a card. The card says on it, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammadar Rasul Abduhu wa Rasulu. This person is this person one time in their life, from the bottom of their heart, they said, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. I believe that. I believe it from the depths of my heart. So so now, Allah will say to this person, take this card to the scale. But the person is like me and you, card, 99 scrolls. He says, Ya Rabbi, what am I going to do with this card? What's, what's this card going to do for me? And all of these 99 scrolls are just laying out of my bad deeds. Allah says, no, go. You won't be oppressed today. All of these scrolls of evil deeds are going to be placed in that scale of darkness. See it happening. Picture it. And on the other side, the scale that is made out of light, that card is placed there. Obviously, it's a scale. When one thing puts the heavy, the other thing flies out. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said that the moment the card is placed by the angels, all of a sudden those scrolls fly up in the air off of it because of the heaviness. It's heavy. Nothing is as heavy as, heavy as the, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is one person, but some scholars say, but maybe it's all of us. Who knows? Hadithul bitaqa. So now one by one, each person is being weighed, the actions are being weighed, the, the, the books of each person is being weighed. And whichever one, now there's one more thing I want to highlight. This is another place where the scholars say 
this is another time when people will run from one another. You remember we said there are three points where no one thinks about anyone else? Come on, who remembers them? No? Come on, y'all. There were three moments on this day of Yom Al-Qiyamah where no one thinks of another person. Give me one of them. Not, uh-uh. And the Sirat. We're going to talk about that. Sirat, the bridge over Jahannam. Number one. Number two. At the Mizan. And number three, when you're given the book. Exactly. Way to go. So this is a point right now when you're weighing the deeds. Because we have to understand how critical this is, everyone. The Prophet ﷺ in the hadith tell us there will be a person that is one deed short. And before everything closes, he's one deed short. He goes to everyone he knows. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? But, but the Prophet already told us, it don't matter how much you love a person. On that moment, everyone is saying, nafsi, 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 nafsi. I can't help you. I can't help you. I can't help you. That is what some scholars say is referred to by yawma yafiru mar'u min because at that point, your own children, your own wife, your own mother will come to you and say, son, daughter, can I just get one deed? And you're going to be like, nope. Uh-uh. I, I read one narration. It's not strong, but I'm going to share it with you. I already told you it ain't strong. But it's still really beautiful. It's beautiful, though. And it's not ba'id from Allah. At this point, it says, uh, I read Imam Qurtubi, he narrates this, and Imam Suyuti narrates it. That there will be this one person walking around. It's his moment. And before they close off his account, he's got the chance to ask people. So he's going to everyone that he knows. And he's asking, and he's asking, and he's asking for one deed. If I get one deed, I'm in Jannah. This is it. It's all up to one deed. But every person he asks says, no, I don't know you. I don't know you. Get out. No, I don't know you. He comes to a person. And he asks this person. And this person goes, you know what? I got one deed, man. I have nothing but one deed, but I'm done. I got tons of sins. What's this one deed going to do for me? Here you go. Take it. This person goes to Allah, puts on the scale. Allah says, where'd you get that deed from? That dude over there gave it. Call him. What happened? I only had one deed. I gave it to him. Allah will say, grab his hand. He's walking in Jannah with you. Well, grab his hand, he's walking with you in Jannah. One deed, y'all. How many moments pass where we just let time go? How much time is just like passing, man? We're going to need one deed? Can you imagine needing one deed looking back at your life? How many hours you spent on Netflix and this show and that drama, this joint? And you need one deed? Habibi? Fill your time, man. Realize the, the, the beauty of one moment in time and the infinite potential that lies in one moment of your life. May Allah make us of those who use our time. All right, listen, before we go forward, I want to talk about the actions that make your, your scale heavy. The first thing that makes all deeds heavy is sincerity. That's number one. The first thing that makes all deeds, all things heavy is sincerity. But there's something else. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that the heaviest thing in the scales on Yawm Al-Qiyamah is Husnul Khuluq, good character. Husnul Khuluq is not to be good to those who are good to you. Husnul Khuluq is to be those good to those who wrong you. That's the heaviest thing on the scale, Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Nothing outweighs good character. Nothing outweighs good character. And another hadith tells us, and this is something that a lot of us like, I feel like the older generation, they got us on this one, y'all. Dhikr. The OGs, you know, your grandma, grand, they, they got dhikr down. So, so high in his hand. I'm giving the talk. Auntie in the corner like, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> right? She in the back waving it like, yup, look back here. Right? No, for real, we slack on dhikr. The Prophet ﷺ said, so some hadiths say that the scale, they'll be filled with the bad deeds and then the good deeds come to cancel those out and it just keeps filling. So there's one hadith that says, SubhanAllah, tamla'ul mizan. That one SubhanAllah will fill the scale. Whenever it's filled with bad deeds, one SubhanAllah will cancel that out for the next ones. 
Like subhanAllah, it's something so simple to say, but we're slacking, man. So my advice to myself, first and foremost, is we got to up our dhikr game, y'all. Driving in the car here to there, NPR can wait, man. Ain't nothing going to change. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. Some of the greatest things you could come on Yom Al-Qiyam is just remembrance of God. And that affects your heart on a deep level. Some of us are like, yo, I can't cry. I feel distance from Allah. Yeah, because you don't, you don't talk to Allah. You don't remember Allah. Remembrance creates love. So sincerity, be real in your actions. Number two, character. Be good to people, man. Be good, be good. Some of y'all are beautiful, mashaAllah, man. So good to people. At every opportunity. Like, I can't beat you. Every time I see you, you're trying to do something for me. I'm trying to do something for y'all, you know? Beautiful. Keep that because that will keep the scales heavy on the day of judgment. And number three, dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. Next stage. So, the next stage, the Prophet we haven't been able to really see him yet. So, it's the day of judgment, y'all. Billions and billions and billions of people. Let me drink some water before I... Some of y'all get the joke, it's all good. Anyways, um, billions and billions and billions of people, billions. And we've been focused on ourselves up till now. So there's something that happens, and according to most scholars, and I'm gonna be real, we really don't know the order exactly for this, but the order I'm sharing with you is the most likely order. The Prophet ﷺ, we all know the surah, inna a'tayna kal kawthar. The Prophet ﷺ was given this, 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 um, this pool. You know what I think of? I think of, any of y'all been to DC? Represent East Coast. Like in front of, the, they call it the mall. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The mall, it's low, filled with water, very wide, very big. So it's a pool, but I don't want you thinking like something you swim in. The Prophet ﷺ says, I have a, a hoth. He says, every prophet has a, a hoth on the, on the day of judgment. Every single prophet. And every prophet will be showing off to the other prophets, like, look at my crew. We roll deeper. I'm dead serious. I'm, this is from Hadith. <laughs> I know it sounds like it's not, because the way I say it, but it is. It's in Hadith. <laughs> like Al-Umam. He will boast. Each prophet will be like, look how deep we roll. And then the prophet said, and I think we'll roll the deepest on the Day of Judgment. Now, this, the Prophet ﷺ said the size of this hoth is masira to shahr. The scholars say each side of it is the journey of a, of, a, of a month. And all of this is just in a realm beyond. The Prophet is just trying to give it to us in a way we can understand it. He said that the, the water or whatever the liquid is, is, is uh, it's sweeter than, than honey, whiter than, uh, whiter than milk and colder than ice. In the Prophet ﷺ, he says that there were Sahaba during the time of the Prophet that were going through difficulties, and he said, Yo, be patient, we'll meet up at the Hawd. Be patient, you're going through hardship, don't worry, the Prophet's waiting for you at the Hawd. So the Prophet described this, this Hawd, this, this huge, uh, this huge uh, pool, you could say, and the Prophet now is giving drinks of water to his ummah. But, but remember, every Prophet has their own spot. Every Prophet has their own place of, of giving water to their ummah. But here's where it gets serious. The Prophet, he said, Ana faratukum al I'm going to go ahead and wait for y'all at the hoth. Farat is something that goes ahead. Like, subhanAllah, when someone loses a child, like the Prophet, he said, there's a farat. It, it's, they're ahead of you, waiting for you, like clearing out the path. You know, subhanAllah. So the Prophet said, at the hoth, I'll be at the front waiting for you. Check this though. The Prophet said, my whole ummah, as they weigh their deeds and come, like you weighed your deeds. Now I'm thirsty, it's been long, it's like after the run, you know what I mean? You got people, no, no, I'm right, okay. You got people <laughs> waiting for you, right? So, so the Prophet is at the health. Like, it's where we, we, we refresh ourselves because we've just been through so much. So the Prophet said, I'll be waiting for you. 
And each person is coming, is coming to the hold. The Prophet says this, this is, this is heavy. He says, I'm going to see some of y'all coming at me, coming. And the Prophet's like, come, come, come. Until I reach out. You know, subhanAllah, you know, like, ah, the best example, man, is like, like Hajj or Umrah, when you're trying to get like Zamzam or something. And like, there's so many people. And your boy or your friend is in front, so they kind of like grab your hand and help you. Like thousands of people are gathering, drinking. And the Prophet says, I'll see one of y'all. And the Sahaba, they were like, well, how will you know us from all these billions of people? The Prophet said, no, no. My ummah will have a special sign on that day. That every place that you did wudu will be shining on the day of judgment. Yo, one day... Abu Huraira. Abu Huraira, one day he was with his students and he was doing wudu. Right? He's doing wudu. So his student, he sees him. When he's doing wudu, my man's washing up to here. He's washing up to here. Bidda, right? Some of y'all are like, Bidda, Bidda, Bidda. <laughs> tell Abu Huraira Bidda, my brother. All right? <laughs> I'm just trolling. My bad. My bad. Stuff for Allah. Anyways, so Abu Huraira, Abu Huraira is doing wudu up to here. So his student, he's like, Ya Sheikh, like, <laughs> like, you're supposed to do your elbow. Like, why are you doing this? And it's related to this. That's why I want to share it. And he said that, no, I wouldn't have told you this, but you saw me do it. So he says, I heard the Prophet say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that on the day of judgment, when we're given our bling, ice, when we're given that ice, it goes up to where you did wudu. So he's like, I just want a lot of chains on my arms, man. I just, want, I just want to be iced out. SubhanAllah. So the Prophet said, how will I recognize my ummah? That this ummah will be shining wherever they wash during wudu. Face shining, arms shining, feet shining. If you wash your feet, something else. Don't wash your feet. Like, anyways, so <laughs> just trolling, my bad. Too many jokes now, my bad, I'm sorry. No, all of this is shining. The prophet said, I'll see you. I'll recognize you. And he said, the same way someone who knows their own horse, like, that's my horse right there. The same way I'll see you, like, that's my ummati. That's, my, that's Muhammad. That's Haytham. That's Asad. That's, oh, that's Abdullah. Come, come, come. But then here's the crazy part. So all of us are excited to see him. All of us are there. We're like, finally, I've been waiting to see you. The Prophet said, This person is so close, I want to grab their hand and bring them so they could drink. They're thirsty. And all of a sudden, as I'm reaching for this person, angels come and snatch this person away. The Prophet says, I'll be like, Hey, Rabbi, Ashabi, no, 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 hold up. That's my man. He's from me. He can see the signs. He's like, No, no, that's my, that's my person. Stop. And then the angels go, no, no, sorry, you don't know what this person did after you left. You don't, and now what does that mean? Scholars, they say, either it's someone who left the religion after being Muslim. Allah protect us. Allah protect us. Don't sleep. Whatever you feel comfortable, when you fear something, that's a good sign. So all of us, like Sahaba used to be scared that they would become non-Muslim. Y'all don't get it, hold up. The Sahaba used to be afraid like, Ya Allah, don't take my iman away. We be like, oh, I'm good. Like, I'm Muslim. I'm going to die this way. No, be, be like, Ya Allah, protect me. Hearts change like this, yo. Hearts change like this, quick. So the, the, the hadith, they say, who are these people being snatched away? May Allah protect us. You just see this person, happy. I finally made it. I'm here. I'm getting close to the prophet. Prophet is looking you in your eye. Come on, come on. Mikayo, come on. Right here, we got drink for you. It's good. And right as this person gets close, the angels grab this person. Stop. Then the prophet is screaming for you himself. Ashabi, ashabi. That's my man right there. That's my sister. No. And, and the angels go, no, you don't know what this person did after you. Some say it's not the person that um, left the religion, but all jokes aside, it's someone who changed the religion after. They did bid'ah, like change what Islam is. That's why I think it was Imam Zaid. He was like, Come as you are to Islam as it is. You know, it's like all these churches like come as you are. Islam is like come as you are, but leave Islam as it is. Don't change the religion. 
We have shortcomings. Don't change it to suit you. You change and grow so that you suit it. That's what it's all about. So I wanted to share this, this hadith because, first of all, the prophet is, is recognizing us. He sees us. And we're looking at him. We're trying to get close to him. Now, I want to go deeper on this in Atena kel So in reality, there's actually two kothers. What are the two kothers? There's one in Jannah. It's actually a river in Jannah. And so the Prophet wasallam, he explained that the pool on the day of judgment is fed from the water of the kothar that's from Jannah. And so that's why. Now, there's some hadith that say kothar is after the sirat. We're going to talk about the sirat in a little bit. But that's the one that's in Jannah. The one that's on the day of judgment where the water comes from Jannah. That's something that the people drink at this point in time. Okay. So... Who gets to drink first? Who gets to drink first? There's a hadith, um, a sound narration. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that the first people that will come to the Hawth, Fuqara al Muhajirina, the poor immigrant people, dusty clothes, dusty clothes. Their hair is disheveled. Their hair is like all over the place. Those who don't get those good rishtas, those good uh, offerings for marriage. Dudes struggling, sisters struggling. Don't nobody want to marry this person. Why? Oh, you ain't from this big family. You ain't this, you ain't that. Ain't got a good job, ain't got this. And don't know how open doors for these people. You know, some of us, man, some people walk through life, every door is opened up. I know somebody. I know somebody. I know somebody. Others of us, it's as if we got to kick down every door. You feel me? Ain't no doors open up for us. When the Prophet said this, somebody narrated this hadith, Umar ibn Khattab, he started to cry. Umar, Umar himself. He's like, man. He started to cry so much that his beard was getting wet. Umar is like, man, I don't feel like I'm going to be one of the first ones. Now, that doesn't mean he's not drinking, but who gets the honor? And I think we should realize that this is a day of justice. Y'all, we look around the world and we see people struggling barely paying rent, barely keeping a job, barely keeping food on the table. If that's you, listen closely. The Prophet Sallallahu is like, you got the first row seat, yo. You got the first seat. You're the first one. No one looks out for your family. You don't have status like everybody else. It's all good. Realize you'll be in the front row where it really matters. So I just wanted to share this narration because... Um, it just reminds us, man. It reminds us that on this moment, everything will be made, made fair. So now what happened? Let's put the picture in our mind. This, everyone went to the, the scales. We went to the scales. We weighed our deeds. And the deeds either went to the right or left. And at that moment, when the deeds go to the right and are heavy, the announcement of, is made. Aflaha fulan. This person is successful. This person is successful. Now this person comes down. And they go down towards the Hawth. Now, this is an interesting part. How much time? Okay, we'll end with this one. So one of the days of judgment is Yom al-Fasli. I'm going to end with this. One of the days of judgment is Yom al-Fasli. Yom al-Fasli means the day of separation. In this dunya, everyone is together. There's no distinguishing between us. You could be the worst person in the world sitting next to the biggest wali of Allah in this room right now. No separation. But the day of judgment is a day of separation. So the narrations tell us that, listen closely to this narration. This happens right after the Hawth. Sami'atu Rasul Imam Qurtubi narrates this. A Sahabi, he says, I heard the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi say, Hisab is done. Everyone's Hisab has been done. All the people are standing. Each Ummah is with their Prophet. Allah, the Rasul Sallallahu he says that everyone is standing. Think of all of humanity present at this moment. Everyone kind of knows where they're going. 
Everyone has this in their mind already, but it's still the day of judgment. We, haven't, we have more stages to go through. The Prophet says, At this point, every single group will see the thing that they used to worship in the world. Listen closely. So every group will be forced to go with what they worshipped. Y'all worship this thing, go with them. You worship this thing, you go with them. And slowly by surely, each group is separating, 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 separating. Now all of a sudden, everyone is separated. The only ones left are the people of La ilaha illallah. Doesn't just mean Muhammad's ummah. It means Abraham's ummah, Musa's ummah, Jesus' ummah. Every person that said La ilaha illallah, they're all present. Listen closely. What are y'all waiting for? Y'all still standing around here. What are y'all waiting for? Everybody dipped out. Everybody's gone. <laughs> we have a Lord. We're waiting to see our Lord. We used to worship. 50, 40, 60 years of worship of Allah. I didn't see Allah yet. I'm staying right here. We don't see him. The angels, they say, Will you recognize your Lord when you see him? They'll say, yeah, yeah, we'll know Allah when we see him. They'll say, We just know there's nothing, un there's nothing like him. We'll know when we see him. We'll know it. We'll know it. We haven't seen Allah. We'll know when we see him. Now this is where the Quran tells us. My bad, John. Hold up. It's heavy. Now the Quran says that at that moment Allah will reveal his, his splendor. He will, he will reveal the literal translation is when you like show your, your, your shin. But the scholars, they say it just means Allah will show himself in a form that they recognize. Now, some say the first time he shows himself, they'll go, no, we don't know who that is. Second time he shows himself, they'll go, we don't know. The third time, everyone will recognize. Now, check this out. The hadith says, this is where it gets crazy. All of a sudden, now all of us are standing there, we're looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is every person that ever said La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, or La ilaha illallah in their entire existence. They're standing there looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The narration says, lahu sujjadan. Everyone at that moment when they're seeing Allah, you worshiped Allah your whole life, you, you, all the beauty in this world, and now you're seeing Allah, they will fall down prostrate. All the people that ever believed in Allah fall down in sajda. But then the Prophet says, The Prophet he said, Everyone will fall down. The Allah will reveal himself at that moment. Every other group has already went forward. They're gone. We're there by ourselves, standing, waiting. Allah reveals himself. Everyone will fall down in sajda, but listen, the Quran says, Anyone who did sajda just to show off, anyone who did sajda for any other reason, anyone who wasn't pure in the sajda, they'll try to do a sajda and listen to what the Prophet said. He said, Allah will make their backs into a single plank. So you can't do a, you can't bend sajda, you need, a, you need vertebrae to do sajda. So Allah says that their back will be made into a plank. So every time they try to do sajda, they'll fall flat. They'll stand up again, they'll fall flat. They'll stand up again, they'll fall flat. So what this means is every believer, just imagine every believer in this room down doing sajda, but you're still standing. You're still standing. You're exposed right there. Every time, every time. The Quran says it most beautifully, and we could just read the Quran. When Allah's splendor is revealed and they're asked to do sajda, they won't be able to. You had a chance to do sajda. You know, sometimes I'll be real with y'all. Sometimes I'm doing sajda. I don't even know how I should share this. Sometimes I'm doing sajda. 
And I say to myself, at least I know I could do it now. I might not know if I'm going to be able to do it then. He got me. He felt me on that one. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm doing sajda. Like right now, I'll pray Isha, I'll be doing sajda. And in my mind, I'll be like, I got to do it right now. But I don't know if I'm going to get to do it then because of a lack of ikhlas. But right now, I got it. I got it, yo. I got a sajda right now. The, this verse is heavy because it really tells us at this moment. Why is this so important? Because now something big happens. I know it's been about an hour, so we're going to wrap up in a little bit. But why is this so heavy? This is heavy because right now is when we start separating. And I know this isn't hard to take, but this is what it's about. Those who weren't real in their Islam, up until this point, they were just going with the flow. They were just mixing with all of us. But now at this point is where Allah starts to separate the people that did it sincerely from the people that were just doing it for show. This is the first stage where that happens. Everyone is asked to do sajda. Now, what some scholars say is that uh, when, when Allah is revealing himself, the more arafah, the more you knew God, the more you'll recognize him on that time. The more you knew God here, the more arafah you had of God, marifah you had here, the more you'll realize, because you know, like the angel, like, how are you going to know? And they're just like, we'll know, we'll know, we'll know. The scholars, they say those who will know will be the ones who had marifa here. They knew Allah here. So this, this moment, I, I just felt was a very heavy moment for us to recollect on because they say those who didn't do sajda, you had the chance. You didn't do sajda. You didn't pray. You, for, you gave that up. So when everyone gets the chance to do it and you want to do it, Allah says there'll be some of us. May Allah protect all of us. May Allah protect all of us, all of us. Realize every sajda is an opportunity. Every sajda represents that grand sajda that will come on that day where we'll see whether you did sajdas throughout this life. And can we imagine just everyone's bent down in sajda, but just some of us just still standing, how humiliating that is. And those people are pulled off. I'm going to begin what we'll cover next week, but I'm not going to go into it. So the next thing that we have to cover. So... At this point, everyone was standing, everyone together. We drank from the hawth of the Prophet Say The Prophet said, those who are closest to me on Yawm Al-Qiyamah are the ones that send salawat alayya the most. You know, just sallallahu alayhi wasallam, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They will be the ones closest to him on that day. So what did we cover? We covered the hawth, the people, and we covered how some people will be pulled away while the Prophet is there saying, come, I got you. Then we talked about the mizan, the actions being weighed, the heaviest deeds, what's being put there. Now the person comes back from there, and now everyone is grouped up into their groups. Who you rolled with? Who were you with? What did you worship? And each group that worships something is going a different direction. All of the people of Tawheed are there waiting to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the narration says, while they're waiting, Allah will remove the hijab. It's so beautiful. Right? They're waiting. What happens? The covering is revealed and they see Allah at that moment. And they fall down prostrate. But not everyone. Those who didn't do sajda in this dunya will not be able to do sajda in that moment. You have the opportunity now. Take advantage of it. Now what happens? Okay. At this moment, now we have to move on. Things become dark. And we're now moving forward towards Jannah. We're moving forward towards Jannah. These are the, the, ahlul, ahlul, the people of Jannah. The people of Jannah are going in that direction, but we're not there yet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that it will become dark at that moment. I'm not going to go too deep because I know it's been a while, so we'll do this next week. The Sirat. At this moment, um, Hemi and Mus'haf, real quick. At this moment, things become dark. Suratul Hadid depicts it most beautifully. This is after everyone has been split up and now people are headed towards Jannah. Suratul Hadid. I'll read the verses to you. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Surah Qaf, Dariyat. It's because all y'all looking at me right now, I can't find it. <laughs> Everybody looking at me, you got to put me on the spot. 
Now, let me read this and we'll stop here, inshallah ta'ala. Jazakallah khair. So this verse tells us, this verse is specifically to the moment we're reading right now. Here. At this moment, everyone has to move forward. Move forward towards the Sirat. The Sirat is a bridge that is over Jahannam. A bridge over Jahannam. The Prophet says, I'll be the first one to cross this bridge. We'll talk about the bridge next week. We still have to get to the bridge. What happens now? The Quran says that the believing men and the believing women all of us will see our light, will be given our light. Everything goes dark and everyone is given light. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, everyone's light is according to your actions. Some people will have light shining in front of them. The Prophet said some people will have a light the size of their finger and even that, it will be flickering. It will be flickering. Yes, anuruhum bayna aidihim. Bushraakum al-yawm, jannatin tajrimin tahti al-anhar al-khalidin fiha. Dharikuhu al-fawzul azim. Yawma yaqulu al-munafiqoon. Now here's where it gets serious. Those who were, it's heavy, we, munafiqun are hypocrites. What that means is, in their heart, they truly didn't believe, but externally, they showed iman. We gotta talk about this for a moment. When the environment is not Islamic, hypocrisy doesn't make, it, make sense. You don't pretend to be Muslim at work, because ain't nobody else Muslim. Nifaq, hypocrisy happens in places where everybody's Muslim. Because there's a benefit to just showing Islam. Right? And so where we saw it the most was at the time of the Prophet, when he was living in Medina, there were people that were like, we don't even believe in this, but it's the cool thing to do. So, yeah, let's go to Fajr. But when we talk about it today, me and you, we're like, why would I be a munafiq? Because what they say is, in a country like America, you either Muslim or you Kafir. We don't pretend over here. And that's why some people say, you, being in America makes you a stronger Muslim. Because you got to make a choice. Back in the Balad, you could just chill, yo. Back in the Balad, in the gown, <laughs> right? In the Qarya, you could just chill. Everybody's Muslim, but you're going to do what everybody's doing. Over here, you have a choice. Now, does everyone make the right choice? No, we know there's not everyone doesn't make the right choice. But those who make the choice, look at y'all, mashallah, shining in here. So the reason I bring this up is because nifaq or hypocrisy comes out in environments that praise or honor or reward righteousness, not in environments that don't reward righteousness. Anyways, so the munafiqun are those people who internally they did not believe but they just went with the flow. Everybody else did it, so they did it. I think we should stop here, actually, just for time's sake, and we'll pick up from here. At this point, everyone is given their light, and the munafiqun are not given their light. The Quran tells us explicitly the dialogue that takes place, and what I want us to understand is this is the moment where the believers now are being separated from one another. So our dua is, O oh Allah, make me amongst the muttaqeen. And please protect us, Ya Allah, from ever being amongst the munafiqeen. So next, yeah, great question. Great question. So listen, what we, Sufyana Thodi, he says, for you to come with 70 years of sins between you and God is better than to come with one sin between you and us. And we've mentioned this, I think, last week. Allah doesn't, can't forgive the things that are the rights of other people. Anything you did against God, Allah can forgive. But if my right, you wronged me, and, and, and God just pardons you for what you did against me, this is the day in justice. You know how we always seek justice? Like, we're social justice, and like, that's the thing today. This is justice day. This is the day where any wrong is paid back. So, yes, Allah forgives everything between him and, him and you. But what's between you and another person? You got to clear that up here or it's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you got to reach out to people be like, Auntie, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, look, listen. What if you can't find a person anymore? We mentioned this last week. Make dua for that person as much as you can. Give charity on behalf of the person as much as you can. 
Just do what you can to set that relationship right, even though they're not. You know, I heard one sheikh say, I think it was Sheikh Mendes, he said, some people, you, you can't deal with them here. You got to deal with them up here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So some people, like, you could talk to this person all day. They just, it stays in their heart. You know what? Just start giving charity on behalf of the person. You do a good deed. You, you give sadaqah this behalf of that person, right? Especially people you can't find anymore. Does that help? No, 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 inshallah, just, I mean, there are, pe there are people we've done wrong to that we, just from this point on, we got to look at relationships very carefully. And, and for people that I can't reach back out to, I'm just trying my best to do good on their behalf, that inshallah, that will compensate whatever I did wrong towards that person. Oh no, so scholars, they do say it is hoped from God that you tried, you did something to benefit this person, inshallah, that will balance that out. You feel me? Allah, make it easy. Uh, yes. You're next. Yeah, the question is about people you've wronged but you don't remember. That's where you got to do sadaqah on behalf of the ummah. You know, do sadaqah, like bigger sadaqah on behalf of anyone I'm, I've wronged. I'm serious. There's literally du'as. People say, Ya Allah, anyone I've wronged, Ya Allah, forgive their sins. Ya Allah, raise their status. Make du'a for them, right? Who I know and who I don't know, right? Inshallah, we hope. Yes. So, like, there were all these, like, circumstances where uh, somebody thinks that they're going to go to Jannah, but then they just get, like... It's not that many, but, yeah, there's a few. Will a person still receive their book in their right hand and then later on it's not the case actually No, so what we studied, the order that, the question is like, he basically said there seems like there's all these moments where you seem like you've made it, but it's not over yet. Yes. And, and even from the grave, remember from the moment in the grave, Uthman was like, if you pass in the grave, you made it all the way. What I mentioned is this, you still have to go through all the stages of the day of judgment. And even if, like I said in three sessions back, your lawyer tells you you're good, we're going to pass this case, standing in court is still stressful, man. Standing in court is still stressful. We got to go through all the stages still. Now, the one stage that's not clear is that stage of returning wrongs done, though. You feel me? That's something that you could have all your deeds in your right hand, but you owe people things. You owe people things. It could, be, it could happen that a person, we'll talk about some people from the Ummah that do go to Hellfire first, and then the Prophet's or the Ummah's intercession brings them out. And, but that's why, see, I don't want us to lose the effect of the importance of, of the, the, the rights of people, because that's actually what we take the lightest. Oh, I pray like crazy. Okay, can I share something? There was a lady, she was super pious at the time of the Prophet, prayed to Hajjit, fasted every day, right? Oh, exactly, mashallah. The, they said, Ya Rasulullah, she does this, she does that. But her neighbor and her, they got, she got issues with her neighbor. Sounds heavy. Let me finish the hadith. The Prophet said, He, he am in Ahlin Nar. Like, human, our relationships count, y'all. Our relationships matter, man. You praying all day, but you're not good with people? You've missed the point. You've missed the point. And that's why the Prophet, the beautiful thing was his character with people. And that's why today we mentioned the heaviest thing on the Day of Judgment is good character with people. So may Allah make us of those people, inshallah. It's a lot of questions. Okay, bismillah. Y'all making up for the old. Let me come on this side real quick. Uh, uh, one of y'all in the three. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. They'll go to Jannah, right? Yep. I got you. The final is in Jannah, right? Aren't there some people, may Allah protect us, that actually they have to have some sins purified, then they end up in Jannah? And they end up in Jannah? Do they get the final in Jannah? They got the final, right? So that answers your question. Like, may Allah protect us. We don't want to be that, but 
the final, they get there. There are some people, we're going to do it. I don't want to, like, cliffhanger is coming. There are some people, I got to save some for the next classes. But I feel you. I understand what you mean. And the hope is that if, that if you made it in the grave, you make it all the way through. But it's still going to be stressful. It's still going to be hard. The only one that's, that's iffy is those actions against people. Yeah. Yeah, it got to be evened out, though. Yeah, no, but you still have to weigh your deeds. And before you weigh your deeds, that's when people come and say, hey, I, you owe me something. Yes. No. So that was a question someone else asked. The sins that you do toba for, our whole life is showing. And somebody's like, wait, is everything showing? Listen, no. What we do toba for the earth forgets it. The angels forget it. The book is erased. It's gone. But the thing we sleep on, hold up, because I don't want to make it all. Everybody's like, oh, I'm good. No, <laughs> hold up. The thing we sleep on is how many things we don't do toba for. There's so many things where we're like, oh, no, that wasn't a sin. Oh, no. So, yes, whatever we do true toba for, it's as if it, yoma waladatu ummuhu. Hadith says it's as if you were just born. So, yes, we have an opportunity to get forgiveness for everything, and it's not even there anymore. Angels forget, book forget, earth forget, everything never happened. The only thing being brought up on the day of resurrection are the things we never even got Toba for. How easy is it for us to get Toba right now, y'all? All right. Yeah, we're going to have to end, y'all. I'm here. I'm here for you after. But we're going to have to end, inshallah. Jazakallah khair, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfir wa atubu ilayk, subhanarabika rabbil izzati amma yasifun, wa salaman ala mursaleen, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.